Hey there, my name is Chris Rivers. I'm here with Scott Freeman, and we want to thank you for joining us today. If this is your first time with us, welcome to Community Group Training. The goal of Community Group Training is to address challenges that group leaders face regularly and to help them feel competent to equip their groups well. Today, we're talking about some strategies for building momentum with your group and the new year and how to keep things fresh as you disciple your group members. Okay, let's listen in on this discussion. Hey, Scott, good to see you again. Yeah, good to be here. Well, it seems like we just kicked off the fall for community groups, and it's hard to believe that it's December already. I know. I agree completely. I was I was looking back earlier this week at our podcast, and this is actually our fifth one for this semester and mm-hmm. our 16th overall, which is crazy. crazy. Um, seems like we just got started. But if you don't mind me doing a quick commercial, I'd love to remind our leaders that this semester we've covered topics like how to kick off the year well, how to develop apprentice leaders, how to lead singles, and how to encourage generosity within your group. And so I just encourage everyone to go back, maybe listen to any of those that they've missed, um, you mm-hmm. know, over the next few weeks as you may have a little bit of time off. Yeah, I mean, that's a great reminder. I mean, I'd even add that if you don't think a topic applies to you or your group, I mean, there are practical takeaways in every episode that can be adapted to whatever situation your group is in. So, Scott, as we approach the end of the year, what encouragement or direction would you give our leaders to ensure that they are refreshed and ready to kick things back off with their group in January? Yeah, I, um, I'll tell on myself here a little bit. Uh, Jenny and I have led many groups over the years, and there have been a lot of Decembers where, honestly, we were running on fumes. You're done. Uh, we're done. Yeah, not just because of the group or necessarily anything that was going on with the group, but just the mm-hmm. pace of life. You yeah. got all the holiday you know, activities, which is good things, but it just kind of wears you out. Mm-hmm. And um, I look forward to you know having a few weeks off. I really didn't think a whole lot about our plan for January or the spring semester mm-hmm. until you know if we were meeting on January 10th I thought about it on the night of January 9th (laughs) and and there were some years that went better than others but as a rule that's a recipe for disaster yeah and so I would encourage our leaders to just take a few minutes maybe even this week um, before you really get settled into your break before you know everything gets going with Christmas and just think a little bit about what you want to accomplish with your group in the spring and put just a 30,000 foot loose plan together to hopefully make that happen. Yeah, that's a good idea. So what should leaders consider as they plan for a new semester? Yeah, you know, first of all, I would ask, um, you know, is there something based on the year we're in? Are we a year one group, year two group, year three group? You know, like life stories that sure. has kind of something that you're supposed to accomplish each each year. Is there something like that that we need to get done? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, another good question I think to ask is just, is there anything that we've always done that might be getting stale? Mm-hmm. We've gotten into a little bit of a routine. Um, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is sermon questions. And, and don't get me wrong, I think sermon questions are great. They give yeah. us a way to process the sermon in a way that we can't during corporate worship. Um, but if you've done sermon questions every single week for as long as you can remember, um, I'd encourage you to just hit pause on them for a few weeks yeah. and to use uh, Matt's language when he was talking about giving. Stop doing sermon questions for a few weeks and see if you die. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> You know, I can I can already hear a few leaders saying, you know, if, if we don't do sermon questions, then what do we do? Yeah. And I think that's the entire point um, is to think through that. Um, the answer may be different for each group. Uh, I would just consider, you know, or ask our leaders to consider their group. What do they need? What spiritual disciplines do you wish that your group was better at? Uh, maybe it's a several week discussion on prayer. Maybe it's reading through the Seven Arrows book to learn, you know, how to study scripture more effectively mm-hmm. for ourselves. 
maybe your group's been so busy doing all the things that we've asked you to do over the last couple of years that your people don't know each other as well as you'd That's like. That's a good point. Um, and in that case, take a few meetings and just go do something fun together. Give folks a chance to learn more about each other, include the kids, play games. I mean, the possibilities are endless. And as I said, you, you know, you know your group best, mm-hmm. but if you do get stumped about what to do in place of those sermon questions that have become, you know, just uh, kind of a pattern, uh, talk to your community group pastor. He's yeah. available to, to help you think through some options. Yeah. I mean, that's great advice. I think could really be disruptive in a good way for some of our groups. Are there other ways to be creative other than just the curriculum we're using for group meetings? Definitely. You know, I heard of a group this year that has met on a very different schedule than I've heard before. The The entire group, men and women, would meet on the first and third weeks of each month. Okay. Uh, the guys got together typically for a breakfast on the second week, and mm. then the ladies met for dinner on the fourth week. And okay. so there, there are multiple variations of this, different ways you can do it. Um, but according to that leader, it's helped with attendance. It's helped with child care because on the weeks where the guys are meeting or the ladies are meeting, you don't have to hire a sitter. Yeah. So, you know, couples are only having to get child care or pay for it two times a month versus four. And then on the months where there was a fifth Sunday, that particular group found a way to serve together. Well, I mean, it's definitely what you were talking about earlier, a chance to get to know each other. That mm-hmm. is an option for that. Right. I mean, that's really interesting. Do you have any, uh, let me say that again. That's very interesting. Do you have any other ideas? Well, let me say that whole thing again, because okay. I kind of interrupted and I'll have uh, Albert, you can cut that last piece, but that's really great, Scott. And I think it does piggyback off of what you were saying earlier. Do you have any other ideas on what serving together as a group could look like? Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of great ways to serve, and and we could give a list of different organizations in Mm -hmm. town, different things that other groups have done, and we're happy to do that. But I think it's better to just find something that most of your group is passionate about and then go do it. Um, Honestly, I think what you do is less important than just the fact that you're doing it together. That's a good thought. Um, I heard on a different podcast recently that there are certain segments of folks that bond with each other better shoulder-to-shoulder than Mm face-to-face. They connect through working on a project together, sweating together, doing something, you know, tackling something together in a way that they would not just sitting in a circle talking face to face with each other. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you've been on a mission trip, you probably have experienced this. There are guys that I went and spent a week with in Nicaragua, in Eleuthera, um, that I might not see for several years. But when we do, there's an instant bond because Mm -hmm. of, you know, just the fact that we painted side by side for a week in Nicaragua or we you know, worked on a house in Eleuthera for a week. And so that, that bond is there in a way, and we got to know each other. We had mm-hmm. conversations while we were working, but it was just easier than it would have been for us to sit down and just look at each other eyeball to eyeball and talk. Yeah. No, that's good. I mean, these are some solid ideas that I hope many of our leaders will put into action. Is there anything else you think you'd like to mention before we wrap up? Sure. Um, you know, I know a lot of our re- leaders are rule followers. Um, I'm, I'm one myself, mm-hmm. firstborn type A, want to follow the rules. And I know some of you are thinking, you know, we've been told that we're supposed to have 12, 13 meetings a semester. If we do an alternate schedule like this with the guys, girls, you know, how are we going to get that many meetings in? Mm-hmm. And the short answer is that you probably won't, um, you know, but this, this does not mean that we're lowering the bar. Yeah. Um, if you do go to meet to that, let me start. Over. <clears throat> I'm actually going to start that whole answer over. Yeah, that's Sorry. good. <clears throat> um, 
Sure. I know some of you are rule followers. A lot of our leaders are. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I myself am firstborn, yep. type A, like to follow the rules, <laughs> um, so I can relate. Uh, I know many of our leaders may be thinking, you know, we've been told that we're supposed to have 13, 14 meetings a semester, and if we do this alternate schedule that you're talking about or, or change things up, we're not going to accomplish that. And yeah. and the short answer is you're right. Yeah. Um, you know, but this does not mean that we're lowering the bar if you do go two weeks between everybody getting together, there's likely going to be the need for more follow-up conversations, more touch points between meetings, which, you know, does fall on you as a leader. And, you know, don't take this as a license to meet less, but if I had the choice between a group having eight great meetings that leave everybody energized and motivated uh, versus a group that met 15 times, but most of the group's group meetings were a little bit stale, a little yeah. bit routine, you know, I'd, cho- I'd choose the first option all day long. Absolutely. Um, And so the bottom line is that we're here to help you, but we trust you as leaders to know your group, um, to gauge what they need in uh, the new year. Some of you may not need to change anything because your group's been through a lot. They need stability. Um, Other groups probably need a complete overhaul. And so it's up to our leaders to kind of figure that out. I would just encourage you not to keep things as they are. Don't keep the status quo just because that's the easier or safer option. That's good. These are great thoughts, man. I appreciate you sharing them. Yeah, thank you. Well, thanks. Well, as we wrap up today's conversation, we want to thank you for joining us. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to your Group Life staff member or email us at grouplife at gracechurchsc.org and we'll get you connected. Thanks for joining us today and we look forward to joining you on the next episode.